Hey, what's up? Welcome to Redefine Church. My name is Dusty Otis. I'm the lead pastor here. So thankful you're taking part of your day to join me. Make sure you keep up with us socially by liking or sharing the message. Subscribe to us on YouTube so you can get every update, every message that comes out. Uh, we believe this is a big deal. This is how the gospel goes forward right now as we're online. So make sure you grab your Bible and a notebook as we dive into the message. Before we do that, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to come before you today, Lord. We ask that you just help us to posture our hearts in a way that we would receive. Open our hands, our ears, our eyes, our hearts to hear, to see, Lord, to, um, to understand, Lord. We love you. We thank you for this moment. Thank you that we leave changed, that we leave better than we came here today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Knowing each day is an opportunity to reset and that every day has a reason is what we've talked about the past two weeks. If you missed those, make sure you go back and check them out. Today, talking about how we approach our walk and not just our walk, but our week. And so we want to discuss in depth our relationship today as it pertains to reset and our approach to each new day. And so often our walk is referred to as our faith or our belief, but ultimately it boils down to our personal relationship with God. And so most people have two reasons for doing anything you've heard. This is a quote, a good reason and a real reason, a good reason, and a real reason. But as believers, we have one reason. It comes from our heart and it's rooted in truth. That was the, the cornerstone of last week's message. And so now understanding your reason takes heart and it takes truth. What's the biggest reason that you seek God? If there's a big question, if you're taking notes, why do I seek God? Is what we're to asking today. Now we're going to go straight to Hebrews eleven six here. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please Him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily necessity believe that God exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek. Sorry, earnestly and diligently seek Him. So the question is this: Are you genuinely interested in gaining depth in your relationship with God? Do you want to have greater faith? Do you want deeper devotion in your time, in your relationship with God? And so in your approach, in your approach, you have to ask yourself, do I have it all figured out? Have I heard it all before? Are you the, are you the person who, when you hear the word church, Bible, God, you're like, yeah, been there, done that. Is that you? Is that your heart today? And the reality is as disciples, good examples either convert sinners or they condemn them. There is no middle of the road. We can't walk in between and play both sides. You're being pushed harder today than ever before to choose a side. Are you, are, are you with or are you against? Where are you in your walk, in your faith, in your devotion? We're talking about that in our heart today, our heart. Where's our heart when it comes to our devotion to God? And so this is the day the Lord has made means this. This is Psalm 118, 24. This day's never happened before, Period. And so it means you've never been here. So this is not just another Sunday. And not only have you not been here before, but you're never going to get to come back to here. This Sunday has never happened. And the reality is we only have 52 of these a year. 38 of them are gone. So we must be intentional with the final 14. We have 14 Sundays left. And so since you're here, you should rejoice. You should celebrate it. You should thank God for it. You should be glad in it. What I'm saying is this, today, today, and this is how we should wake up every day. Today is the most important day of your life. It has nothing to do with yesterday. It has nothing to do with tomorrow. Yesterday with its successes, its victories, its, its passes, its fails, its struggles, its strengths, that day is over. It's gone forever. The past is done. It is finished. 
And so you cannot go and relive it and you're not going to go and change it. But you can learn from it and you can use it to improve your today. Today, this moment, this moment, now is what God's given to you. It's what he's entrusted to you. It's all that you have. It's all that you have. So then tomorrow with its joys and its sadness, its triumphs and its troubles is not here yet. It's not here yet. And sadly, tomorrow may never come. So then, do not waste a second of your time with it. Today is what God has entrusted to you, and it's all that you have. So then, give your best self in it, in today, in today. So then, at the end of the day, you'll know what's right. Why? Because you've identified what's most important today, and you've spent your time with that or with them. Then when the day's over, you're going to look back with satisfaction with what you did, with who you were with, and you're going to have peace. At the end of the day, you can plan and look to tomorrow with God's help. And when you do that, your head hits the pillow, and your head hits the pillow with peace, and you're content because you lived a good day. It took me a long time to realize this. Now, part of what I just read is it was written by a guy named Pastor Dale Witherington. It's called the Life Builder's Creed, if you want to look that up. It's obviously in me. It's, it hangs on the wall of my office. And so recapped what Pastor Dale says is, is, is this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Okay. Do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow. will worry about itself. Tomorrow has enough of its own, right? And so if you want a true reset each day, if you want a true reset each day, you have to wake up with this thought. This is the greatest day of my life because it's the one I have, because it's the one that I have. And so I will go with my whole heart because the one who created me gave me his whole heart. That makes sense. That thought, that thought right there must be rooted in who you are. It comes from your heart, which is your character. It's not a have to. So today we're talking about a reset in our heart. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says this. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts. Hearts and character go together here. I highlighted them. You can do the same. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What am I saying? What's Romans 5, 3 through 5 saying? Consistency produces character. In the ebbs and flows of life, consistency produces Character. Now let's go back to the original question we ask, why do you seek God? Why do I seek God? And Psalms 105.4 says, look to the Lord in His strength, seek His face always. Seek His face always. And so God wants you to seek Him, His face, because He wants to be known by you. God wants to be known by you. He wants a relationship with you. Remember as we talked, God is only ever after your heart, your heart. And when you look at the word seek here, seek supports God's desire to be found. God wants to be found and he wants to be found by you, by the entire human race. To seek anything, you know this, is to pursue it. You look until you find. You seek until you find. You seek until you find, or in our house, we seek until we can't find. And we ask mom, hey, mom, can't find it. And she goes right to where it's at. She says, what have you been doing? Wasting your time. Okay, that's kind of a joke. But in life, in our personal pursuit, 
We seek until we find. I'm looking for this. I got to have this. This is what I need right now. It's what I need right now, right? And so there are a few uh, Bible verses that use the phrase, seek the face of God. They're all in the Old Testament. And what I want you to see is the Hebrew word used for face means to means face, the part that, the part that turns. So actually turning to. It's, it comes from the root uh, that means to turn, to face, to appear, and to look. And so then, to seek God's face implies being face-to-face with God. And you know as well as I do, when you're face-to-face with somebody, this is a place of intentional closeness. Intentional closeness. And so then, is your heart, is your intention, is your motive to be face-to-face with God? Does that freak you out? Are you like, man, I need that. Is it a necessity or a, uh, not yet. And if you're not yet, you have to see how, you have to see yourself, how God sees you. We've talked about that in the past. And so then to seek God, to seek God is to seek a deeper relationship with him. Now, what do you say, Dusty, wait a second. What about, what about when real life happens and I go to bed late or I've worked too much or my spouse is upset with me or my kids are disappointed with me? Or my boss is demanding. Or my house is in disrepair. And I got all this stuff going on. What about then? What about then? And that list goes on and on and on, right? And the reality is everything that I just mentioned, those tend to be decisions that we've made personally. And those relationships in our life where people are disappointed or <laughs> upset or the house, that's decisions don't put off. Don't put off <laughs> until tomorrow what you could do today. Take care of the people who are in front of you, right? Your spouse has more priority than your boss and your kids. Okay. Now these are all products of the choices that we make, but the truth is most people seek God for one of two reasons. We're going to seek God to repair or to prepare. Repair or prepare, right? And now if you're repairing something, you want to fix it. I need God, I need you to fix this, either from yesterday's problems or what I think is coming tomorrow. Wow, this is going to keep going, so we better. And so then I'm seeking God to repair it, to fix it, or to prepare. Now, if I seek God to prepare, that means I'm focused on today so I can have a great tomorrow. Preparing means you've been connected to the source. It's John 15. We're seeking God continually if we're preparing, Right? Those who prepare tend to have great character. They see opportunity and they see purpose in each day. They're very intentional. Those seeking for repair, right? Those seeking repair are likely driven by a motive. There's a need for something. There's a reason. There's a real reason. We talked about reasons last week. And they're likely inconsistent in their faith and their devotion in their daily walk. Okay? If you seek God to prepare... You're likely driven by your character. It's who you are. It's in your heart. And it's relational. It's not transactional. Seeking for repair is transactional. Seeking for or to prepare is relational. Remember, God's number one hope for you is that you would develop Christ-like character. That you would be like His Son. He wants you to be like His Son. We as believers follow Jesus because He's the ultimate example. He paved the way. Now, you look at repair and prepare, or motives and character, what I want you to see is this. Motives are different than your character. Motives are connected to specific situations. 
as a reason. Remember, we talked about our reasons last week. You need to get that if you, if you didn't get it. Okay. Your character is connected to your heart. A motive is connected to your reason. Okay. And it tends to be that good reason. Your real reason is connected to your heart. It's connected to your character. So then knowing that your character is connected to your heart and your heart is with you in every situation, you're nothing. You're nothing unless it comes from your heart. Unless it comes from your character, it's who you are. Integrity, right? So you can have a flawed motive and still have solid character, but if you have solid character, flawed motives will be corrected or eliminated. When it comes from my character, when it comes from my heart, it is true. It's based on truth. That's who I am. And so seeking God is really a matter of investing in your character so you can become like Jesus, a disciple. So we call it seeking God, but we're really seeking spiritual development. Don't tell anybody we're trying to be developed spiritually because I don't want anybody looking down on me. But this is our goal in life, to be developed, to seek spiritual development from the author, the creator, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Seeking God is really about your personal spiritual growth. And so to admit that we need to grow isn't very popular. And so we don't want to say that. So then we like to pretend that we know it all, that we have it figured out. We have it all figured out and been there, done that. Oh yeah, I've been there. Uh, this is what they're going to do. They're going to, they're going to do this. And you pretend that you know. And so then knowing all this, that our, that our, that our devotion, that seeking God is really about our personal spiritual growth. Instead of asking, why do I seek God? We should be asking ourselves, why am I not willing to invest in my character? Why am I not willing to invest in and develop as a disciple my personal walk with God? Why am I not willing to invest in and develop Christ-like character? Because the issue is this, we, through time in Western in the Western world, tend to view God as a process, as a process. So we think with God, we're to work a process. And God isn't a process at all. And the reality is, if you only work a process, you're a machine. That's why they've invented computers in the assembly line and robots to do the jobs of humans. Because if I can do this process over and over and over, I don't have to have a heart or a mind. I'm just working a process. And so if you only work a process, you're a machine with a motive to get something done, not a disciple with a heart for God. That's real truth right there. And so when you bring your heart, though, when you bring your heart into the process, you produce real fruit. And you realize this is not a process. This is a relationship. This is not transactional. This is relational. You produce real fruit from a real relationship because you seek God with your whole heart, with a why not for a what. The integrity of your faith, if you view God as a process, the integrity of your faith will erode when you treat it like a process because you get tired. You get tired of the, of the daily, right? And, and, and especially if you don't like it or you don't believe it's any good, it's real easy to not like it. And if you stop and think about anything in your life right now that you do not like, the reason that you don't like it is because your heart is not in it. Maybe it once was, but it's not anymore. It's your heart. It's your heart. 
Your heart has become disconnected from it. And like anything else, the longer that you do what you don't like, the more ways you will find and the easier it will be to cut corners, do the bare minimum, and fake it. And I want to confirm for you right now, any process, any process completed without your heart is empty and does you absolutely no good. It is fake. It is fake. And it's typically done with a motive. I, I got to do this for this. Right? And so then you give energy to something that has absolutely and bears absolutely no fruit. You are what you repeatedly do. Where does the energy come from for that? I am what I repeatedly do. So where does the energy for that come from? Especially if you've got all these other things, all these other reasons that I'm doing something that are disconnected from my character. And the energy that comes with a devotion from God, where that energy comes from, because I am what I repeatedly do, it comes from investing time with God. It comes from investing time in my relationship with Him. So then building your faith, becoming a better follower, and being more devoted, investing in your character... First, not a self-help book, not a TED Talk, right? Not a podcast or a YouTube video, not a shortcut or a better idea, right? Well, there's a better way. There is no better way. There is the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is the way. It's not a process. It's a person. His name is Jesus. And, and he made it really simple for us. Okay? And so... If you're not investing in your faith, you're not going to be able to invest in others. Well, I don't want to invest in others. Well, that's backwards. Because we are to go and make disciples. To make a disciple, we must be a disciple. To invest in others, we must invest in ourselves. It starts with investing in our character, becoming more like Jesus. You are what you repeatedly do comes from your heart. It comes from your heart. So it's who you are. It's who you are. And it comes with passion. And it comes with purpose. And it comes with a belief. Your faith should fuel your actions, not be a plus one. Oh, I did that because I love God. <laughs> that's, that's messed up. That's messed up. Because you love God, you, and it, it overflows out of you. And so then, you must guard your heart. You want to get to the root of this? You must guard your heart. It's Proverbs 4.23. There's two points to this. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above everything, guard your heart with all diligence, because from it, Flow the springs of life. When Solomon says guard your heart, he's implying that you're living in a war, that there is a battle happening. And that battle is constantly going on. It's a spiritual battle, okay? I was talking to a guy the other day, and I was like, man, we've had a rough summer here. It's, we've, there's been three different floods. Electric has been out for days on in a couple different times. Um, it's, it's just been so counter to how it normally is. I'm like, man, he says, man, my electric's out again. He's upset. And I said, goodness, man, I'm so sorry. He's like, I feel like I'm stuck in the matrix. And I'm like, I'm not a big matrix guy, by the way, but I feel like I'm stuck in the matrix. And when he said that, it was like, yeah, yeah, but it's not the matrix. That's called spiritual oppression. You're just in it. And it just keeps, it just keeps on. Why? You're in a battle. You're in a battle. The other day we went out, um, Heather tried to get me a sweet tea from a local restaurant here, they were out. And so that night we went out to celebrate Laney and um, <laughs> and we asked for sweet tea again and they're out. And, and again, I'm not trying to make tea and spirituality anything, 
But I said, why is this such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal? I just wanted a glass of sweet tea. It is what we make it. It is what we make it. What's my perspective? How am I looking at that? How are you looking at your situation? But the reality is this. There is a battle going on around you all the time. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. And the, rea- and, and the truth in the matter is we have an enemy, right? Who, whether you like it or not, is hell-bent on destruction. He only opposes God. He opposes everything that has anything to do with God. He opposes everything that is aligned with God, including you and me. So he doesn't want joy, peace, happiness, abundance, fulfillment, all those things in your life. And because this battle happens, Solomon says, guard your heart. Hey, man, guard your heart. And it's harder and harder. The more we go, the worse media gets. How politics has been thrown into every decision that's ever been made is ridiculous. We've got to take that out of our decision making and get back to making our decisions based on this. And so then, you must be diligent to guard your heart, always and above all. Why? Philippians 4.7 says that when we do guard our heart, when we do our part, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We do our part. Guard your heart. It's personal first. The second thing that Solomon says is your heart is the source of everything that you do. King Solomon says, it's the wellspring of life. In other words, it is the source for everything else in your life. It starts with your heart. Your heart is the root for everything that comes from you. Your heart overflows into your thoughts, your words, and your actions. For more context on this, we don't have time today, but Proverbs 23.7, Matthew 12.34, Proverbs 15.7, Luke 6.45, and Mark 11.23. Your heart overflows into your thoughts, your words, and your actions. If your heart is unhealthy, if your heart is unhealthy, it threatens everything else. It ruins your perspective. It ruins the way you think. It ruins what you say, and it ruins what you do. Your heart is a wellspring of life. It is crucial to your life that you guard your heart. Guard your heart. You're nothing unless it comes from your heart. Without love, I'm nothing, says in the Bible. Your character is connected to your heart. Your character is who you are. For a reset in your character, follow what we talked about today. Guard your heart. Reconnect your heart. Next week, we're going to talk about the final step in reset as we connect our heart to our relationship and reset our relationship. Do not miss that. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord, to gather in the name of Jesus today to talk about our heart, our character, Lord, your goal, your hope for us, Lord, how we are to move forward in this. Lord, I just ask you to help people take spiritual steps today. Lord, help them to engage, whether that be prayer, it might be a subscription, whatever it is, Lord, so they can constantly get the word, be fed the truth. Lord, the truth sets us free. So Lord, help us all, regardless of where we sit today, to take those steps, Lord. If there's somebody who needs you today, I just ask you to help them to be faithful, to follow through with the action step of an email or a phone call today. Thanks for life change. Thanks that we live better today, that we leave better today because of Jesus. We love you. We thank you for an awesome day. Help us to take this word today, to put in our hearts, to use it every single day so we can become better followers of Jesus so more people will follow you because of the example that we set. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for being here today. I hope that our time together has been meaningful to you. I hope it's helped you move forward in your faith. You have greater insight that you 
have a better uh, heart knowledge of who God is and what he wants for you in your life. If today's message meant something, I would just ask that you share it, send it on. This is how the gospel goes forward right now. If you're ready to take your next step spiritually, and I would love to hear from you. You can let me know if you need prayer today, you're ready to make a decision to follow Jesus. Um, you need to be water baptized. It's your time. You want to be a part of what's happening here. And uh, you believe this is your day to take your next step. Email me at dustyliveredefined.com. If you're ready to get involved, today's your day to say, you know, Dusty, I've been here and I love what's happening. And I want to be a part of Redefined Church. I want to get involved. I want to do local outreach. I want to uh, be kind of on the front lines of what's happening in this, in this movement. And I would love to hear from you. Just text me, text let's go to 313-636-1127. Make sure you keep up with us socially. Follow, like, share. If you're on YouTube, subscribe so you can always get what's coming out. We're gonna start doing more and more of this type of stuff. And so you're gonna wanna be in the know on that. If you give, if you support our church, thank you. If today's your day to jump on board and be part of our mission to join the cause, you can give by going to church redefine.com forward slash give. There you'll find safe, simple steps to give. We give because we value people. We want to see more people get in heaven because God values people. And so we give to see people get to heaven. And so if you're doing that today, thank you. We're believing that God's going to bless you richly in your finances, knowing he's going to meet every need and exceed them because that's what his promise is to us. As always, it's an honor to be your pastor, to help you move forward in your faith. If I can do anything ever, please email me. Let me know how I can be of assistance to you. I love you. Have a great week.